This episode is brought to you by Hotels.com. I was traveling internationally last year. I was in Mallorca. I didn't know the island well. I said, let me head to the north, head towards the water. Let me go on Hotels.com and see what they have available. Something preferably on the beach, maybe even a gym. Not only did I get those things, there was a kid's session with exercise, gymnastics in the water, pony rides, a train. It had everything, and I didn't even want any of those things. But at least I knew they were there just in case I changed my mind. And now finding the perfect hotel has never been easier thanks to the Hotels.com app. Whether you're looking for a family-friendly, right, all-inclusive or a relaxing spa weekend, you can find exactly what you need and compare hotel prices, ratings, and amenities side by side. So start planning your next getaway and find your perfect somewhere in the Hotels.com app. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. And Love. Oh, and Love, he's got a real chance now. Peter and Love. John Walk will take the penalty. Up goes Dion Dublin. Unknown goal from Ruddock! Ball by break here for Kiwabia. Panister and Bruce in the queue again. Bruce scores! Ginola. Look at this run by Ginola. Oh, that's a fantastic goal! Now, you know him better than anybody probably. Do you back him to score quickly, yes or no? Yes. Oh, oh he has to! No! Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score, the 90s football show. I'm Chris Gold. Joining me here is my co-host Josh Widdicombe. Hello. And also Lou Macari in his short and doomed spell as West Ham manager in the early 90s it is Michael Marden. Hello. We've had enough West Ham. I know. We've already done the interview. We've, we had Ian Dowie, who was brilliant. <laughs> yeah. I loved Ian Dowie. Heavy. F- footballers are nice, aren't they? Yeah, they are nice. Ian Dowie especially If nice. you pick the right ones. I wonder who will be the first one that we don't like. Oh my god! Maybe we should have a um, like a safe word <laughs> in the interview. Yeah. Pineapple. Yeah, if you see us, could have been awkward interview with Jason Lee while we try to avoid that. Um, do you want to hear the correspondence? Yes, yes please. please. I'm Jim Rosenthal, and this is the Electronic Post Bag. You've got mail. So, um, can I start with a um, just to clear up some confusion? Oh, you know boy. how we often we ask for reviews, give us your reviews on iTunes, five yeah. stars, um, and put a funny footballer's name as the reviewer. That's on iTunes. People are sending us reviews to our inbox. <laughs> <laughs> They're very nice. But yeah. no, we're not just like desperately appealing for people to send us five star reviews There's to our inbox. There's a reason why we've asked for the reviews and we reward them. <laughs> It's not because we're desperately sitting there going, please, someone tell us we're great. Just an FYI. Just when they come in and it says five stars. <laughs> Carlos Saba. Um, right, anyway, um, hello, boys. Great show. Another review. I was a subscriber to Royal the Rovers in the late 80s and early 90s and was a big Gary Lineker fan. Indeed, I had a shrine in the corner of my room associated with posters, facts, etc. Middle name Winston, born 1960. Imagined up my delight when I received a free gift in one mag just before Italia 90. Gary Lineker on vinyl. Whoa. Whoa. Was that a drug that I was unaware of? (laughs) (laughs) Acid. No, you might need a drug you're unaware of because (laughs) it was. Roy Race and Gary Lineker had produced a record together called Europe United. This was described as hot-rocking heavy metal rap featuring Gary Lineker and Roy on vocals and Roy on lead guitar. It was a double A-side with the Roy of the Rovers rap which featured MC Wade Lockett on the flip side. <laughs> Who's Wade Lockett? Is he a footballer? I mean, this sounds insane. <laughs> I still have it, but unfortunately no record player to play it. But I do recall Gary in very serious tones imploring fans to behave and stay united. As the article quotes Gary, I'm an optimist. Perhaps modern-day Brexiteers could learn from Gary's pro-European <laughs> agenda. Maybe if that no. had been the official theme song of the Remain yeah. vote. <laughs> they put that on the story. side of the bus. Would have been a different story. Um, if you know any other footballers that have released songs with fictional characters, please do get in touch. <laughs> uh, on music, Dion Dublin Dube update. Oh, yes, please. This is from Leon Ford. Following on from your conversation on the latest podcast about Dion Dublin playing with Top Loader, 
I've also seen Dublin playing as Dube with 90s indie band Ocean Colour Scene. No what? That's, that's cool. At Norwich UEA in 2011. <laughs> if I'm honest, it was the main reason I went. I thought this wasn't true. He sent a link to the review. It happened. Wow. Dublin oh, playing the Dube with a series of indie landfill bands. <laughs> Oh, that's a bit... That's harsh on Ocean Colour scene. That's too harsh. I think bands talk about, oh, well, they're playing with Dion Dublin, so you know they're over the hill now. <laughs> or top loader and washed up. It's the band equivalent of jumping the shark. He's getting to play with Dion Dublin in his due. On the other side of it, so Dion Dublin's not the only one that left the top loader duet and did worked with other people. Hi, gents. This didn't happen in the 90s. However, while listening to Nish Kumar's story about top loader and Dion Dublin... I remember that after Swindon Town's promotion in 2011-12, the club held a party on the pitch event with Top Lider as its headline act. For the song Dancing in the Moonlight, they were joined on stage by singer Paolo Di Canio. Really? <laughs> <laughs> it was manager. He was manager of the Swindon at the time. Yeah, what, the, what did he do? Sit, have a singer? I've, have watched a little... the, I've watched the footage. It won't transfer onto the podcast, but he is singing as the lead singer of Top Loader doing Dancing in the Moonlight. <laughs> wow. We can only hope that the, the triangle is completed by Dublin and De Canio releasing an <laughs> album together. Yeah. Um, do you want an update on Premier Passions? Oh, yes, please. Hi, Josh, Chris and Michael. Loving the podcast. After listening to the latest podcast, I went against your advice and watched the last three episodes of Premier Passions, the Sunderland documentary we reviewed. I particularly enjoyed a couple of moments in the final documentary. After losing the final game of the season at Wimbledon, the cameras head into the bowels of Selhurst Park, where Chris Waddle, Mick Harford and David Kelly are huddled around a small portable television anxiously following the closing stages of Spurs v Coventry on CFAX. <laughs> They were seeing where they could avoid relegation on sea oh, that is incredible. This is why the nights are such a beautiful time for football. <laughs> the thought of those three waiting for the page to turn. The I editor mean... of Seafax on the phone to Bobby Gould, <laughs> yeah. getting another briefing. <laughs> this, and then, another moment, at the end of season briefing to a group of supporters, the chief executive lists a number of players that the club have been trying to sign that season. Top of his list is Paul Scholes. <laughs> Well, well, why not? Who do you want, Peter? The chief executive claims that they've been trying to get him out of Manchester United all season. <laughs> Surprisingly, Skulls remained at Old Trafford and won the Premier League title. <laughs> Instead of spending his formative years in midfield alongside Paul Bracewell and Kevin Ball. <laughs> Speaking of Kevin Ball, he freely admits in a piece to camera that he got as drunk as a skunk on the way back from the Wimbledon game and threw up on the coach, but he's yet to apologise to the driver. <laughs> Keep up the good work, yeah. Phil Cartwright. I'm looking forward to the Premier Passions next series when we, we dwell into that. We're going to revisit. Yeah. Are we yeah. going to revisit it? Yeah, oh, we have to. We have Do we to. have to? Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm holding off watching it because I want it to be fresh. I worry I've ruined it. <laughs> <laughs> um, can I just also say, um, if anyone has a clip of uh, what Matthew Mark Morgan refers to as David Seaman's guest appearance on Brookside, please send it over to us. <laughs> wow, that's not, I, that's not on my radar. No. David Seaman was in Brookside. Yeah, David Seaman appeared on the New Year's special of Brookside as himself. How does he turn up in Brookside? I don't know. There's not much... They need, not, they need help very digging few up a details, patio. and I googled. <laughs> His so big hands helped um, yeah. do up Trevor Jordash. <laughs> um, it was New Year's Eve, and uh, it described as a wonderfully wooden performance, but I couldn't find any clips, although I did find uh, the cast list, and it is true. Wow. Now, we've got a new section. Yes. Which is 90s transfer rumours. Oh, boy. If yes, you please. remember a transfer rumour, ideally, if you can sort, give us the source as well as some people have so that we know that you're not bullshitting us, <laughs> we, uh, we are going, we've got a new section where we're just going to review the transfer rumours of the week. Oh. Have you got a bed for this, Michael? I sure have. So, what's the news from the back of the tabloids? Well, here we go. Sixth place Premier League outfit Newcastle United have been linked with Paris Saint-Germain striker George Weyer. <laughs> that is going to happen. I've got a good feeling about that. Will it? Well, when that happens, also back the idea that Brazil's World Cup star Yosemar is about to sign with Dundee United. <laughs> now, the old lady of Italian football Juventus are to link up with NZ League Division 1 side Oxford United. <laughs> Some sort of partnership. Yeah, it's very exciting. The actual quote is very exciting, said Robin Hurd, the Oxford chairman. They're not just going to send us players. Juventus have managed to combine the traditional technical brilliance of the Continentals with the power and place of the British game. 
they will be showing us how to do it. <laughs> this is an actual quote. Manchester United have undertaken something similar with their coaching staff going to Turin to see how things are done. We are hoping to go one step further. <laughs> Heard stressed, Juventus don't want any financial influence. They don't want to interfere in any way with the running of Oxford United. <laughs> well, that's actually on the article. Yeah. <laughs> what are Oxford United expecting to happen then? You I, I don't. I was reading. I've read the article about four times. I don't understand what the link-up involves. <laughs> yes. But the reason for it is because a lot of Italian Formula One firms are based, or were based, I don't know if they still are, in Oxfordshire. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. So the, the obvious kind of next link up is Oxford United and Juventus. And, and Oxford expecting Viali to get off the plane and go, uh, <laughs> in, you go in you go, mate. Well, they got, they got, they're in the NC Division 1, mate. <laughs> which is Division 1 when it was the second division. Um, now, Did you ever do that thing on Champ where you, like, just mess with the database and, like, you're you a non-league team? In? And, no, just put, like, put a team of world-class stars yeah. in, like, the non-league. Yeah, and I, just see what happens. You've I, done that. I, I, I mean, I've done. There's nothing I haven't done on Championship <laughs> Football Manager, <laughs> including things I would never disclose. <laughs> I once put my entire under 14s team, yeah. like all of my friends with accurate ratings, into. With like, accurate ratings? Yeah, yeah. so if there was me. I mean, I gave myself pace 15, tackling 20, which is not a fair, fair you representation didn't of my skills. You even make yourself an attacker in no. fiction. Well, I'm a fullback. I wanted to be Steve Nichol. <laughs> you can be whatever you want, mate. This isn't how I saw the transfer rumours section <laughs> going. I know. <laughs> Championship Manager is a hypothetical world. These are transfers that didn't happen. But in the world of Championship Manager, these are transfers that could be allowed to happen. I wondered if anyone has like, transferred George Weyer to Hendon. <laughs> What's the most unbelievable season what a player like that has had for you in your fictional championship manager? Oh, yeah, that's quite good. I'm glad we went all this yeah, way sorry. for it. <laughs> it, took, it was a while. We got there. Champions Blackburn are apparently attempting to sign Bordeaux's Christophe Dugary and Zinedine Zidane. <laughs> Zidane seems to be part of a lot of 90s yeah. transfer rumours. Do you want rumors? an actual quote from Rover's owner, Jack Walker? It's reported to have said, Why do we want to sign Zidane when we have Tim Sherwood? <laughs> Thank you to That's David Grant, James Hobbs, Philip Robertson and Alex Blackburn for those rumours. More next week. Well, there's all the various pieces of correspondence. If you want to get in touch with the show, email hello at quicklykevin.com. Also, we're on social media, Twitter and Facebook. Get You know you know what to do. Right, Josh, it's time for one of the most memorable players I've ever seen play football. <laughs> <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen. Who have we got? Ian Dowie. Hello and welcome to Quickly Kevin, Will He Score, the 90s football show, to Ian Dowie. Welcome. Thank you very much. Delighted to be here. Thanks for being here. I'm so excited. Good. <laughs> so am I. Chris is very excited because of West Ham. Yeah, there's a West Ham connection there. Oh, and I'm going to try and not make it all about West Ham. <laughs> <laughs> Plymouth Hoe, that sort of thing. Yeah, have you, you must have played against Plymouth? Many a time, yeah. yeah. Did you play down at Home Park? Yes. Tell me. Well, <laughs> no one well, else no, is interested. I've managed, I've managed there a couple of times. Oh, yeah, of course. One, one all, we got a, a late one-all draw down there. We yeah. Holloway was manager, actually. When yeah. I was at Oldham, fantastic. I, I've always thought that that should be a, a bit of a powerhouse because if you get a good team down there, it's difficult... The journeys. It's a big. It's it's the I biggest it, city. The biggest city never to have had a Premier League club. It, they've got a quarter of a million people in that city. Yeah. If they were successful, they'd have the whole of Cornwall, the whole of Devon, the whole of Somerset. They don't. They're gonna. Sorry, I've gone off. We can't make this episode about Plymouth. <laughs> so, Ian, on this podcast, we like to ask the hard-hitting questions. Mm. I don't know if you're familiar with our work. Um, we want to talk to you about Luton specifically. Can you remember your sponsors? Wow. <laughs> I think um, we don't have Vauxhall. We had correct. You did have Vauxhall. Yeah. One other. I know that one as well. What was that called? Bloody hell! I've got that shirt at home. Do you know? Do you know what you unbelieve? It's good. It's a it's, side. It's a side yeah. story, but it's worth doing. So yeah. I, I collect shirts most after games. Never yeah. asked during games, by the way. But you swap shirts. Yeah. So I was fortunate enough to play in Nuremberg and captain Northern Ireland against Germany. Yeah. With who Klinsmann was captain. Right. I get his shirt. Perfect. As I was telling the boys, I've moved house. So I get my bag up in the loft when I'm about to go. Squirrels have obviously got into the room right through my Jürgen Klinsmann shirt and Valderrama with a big hair. Oh, I had his no. shirt as well. Gone. Oh, to my God. But he looks... I think there's a very, very happy squirrel sitting in the corner fast asleep. <laughs> I was, I'm actually devastated about it because actually I... I was gonna. I always thought I should put it in a frame. Never done it. Too late. Gone. Well, you could you could put it in a frame with half squirrel eating, and there's a nice <laughs> yeah, story for anyone who comes around yeah. on eBay. <laughs> yeah. Slight squirrel right. damage. Yeah. Uh, I can reveal it's Bedford Trucks. Mm. 
Of course. They're for trucks. Did you ever get any freebies from sponsors? A truck? I got a car. <laughs> Did yeah, you? not free, but I mean, you, everyone had Vauxhall cars. Did they? Yeah. yeah. Do you know what? Les Seeley, God bless him, is not no longer here. He, he was a bit of a wheeler dealer. So you remember him, he used to have the big phone at the back of the bus. He sold me the most horrible mini Metro. I turned up, was a bit wet behind the ears. I just signed a deal, which was £2,000 more than my job that I left. So it was no yeah, big yeah. And he sold me this mini Metro. Can you believe it? <laughs> And I bought it. More to me, I bought it. Well, there was something about that West Ham team that did feel like a bunch of used car salesmen. So <laughs> yeah. That doesn't come as a shock. But, so we've had Matt Letizio on earlier mm. in this series, and uh, obviously you played at Southampton. I with did. Him. He mentioned that Glenn Cockrell was the DJ in the in the change rooms. Do you, do you remember that? If you know Glenn, if you want a parody of Rod Stewart, it is Glenn. <laughs> <laughs> That's what he does. He's still now. Yeah, yeah he's still he's absolutely the same. That same dyed hair. <laughs> to be fair, he's in great nick for, for a lad of his age now. Incredible. But he, he's, got, he's the ex-Saint sort of leader down there, but... I don't remember him ever being a DJ other than that he liked to sing Rod Stewart songs. So, so we, where would he sing them? On the bus? or on the... No, well, he'd, he'd sing them to himself, you know, because he... Bit of Maggie He, he thought he was. Yeah, he thought he was Glenn, uh, uh, Rod Stewart. We had some powerful people in. In fact, as I remember, Tim Flowers was the DJ in there. Because he used to have UB40. So he always had a bit of rat in my kitchen. What am I going to do? Don't want that as you're going out. Yeah. We used to have that all the time. Not rat going out, but yeah. in the in the squirrel in the attic. That's the problem with you. <laughs> pre-game, pre-game, we had yeah, a bit of UB40, a bit of reggae. Bob Marley is a big reggae fan. Tim Flowers. Wow. wow. Did we, yeah. What you like on the music? Did you ever get in, in the change room and go right? Let's listen to this. Let, let's, no, let's get fired fair, up with this. I was, um, as you may wear, I was more of a dancer than a, a listener to music. <laughs> wow. Okay. What, what, you don't believe that? <laughs> I'm, just trying to, I'm, trying, I'm trying to imagine what you're saying that you don't. You know what you see, you see in, in, incredulity across someone's face? I, I'm just, and so I understand that. We used to go when we were younger to a place called Royal in Southgate and me and my brother and a couple of boys used to do a little routine. Did you? And, yeah. Well, you get, what, a rehearsed routine? Anyone would tell you who I've been any club I've been at, I would be first on the dance floor. That's the way it was. Oh, wow. And what kind, of, what kind of styles? Tap, modern? No, no, it's just, <laughs> just purely disco. Just, <laughs> Disco. Yeah, it's purely, it's purely jazz funk is my big favourite. <laughs> why is that? This why is, is that surprising? Kind of a, I can't why believe is that surprising? I just think, oh, that's, I love that. You're I'm, an old-fashioned centre forward. Do you know what? I'm, <laughs> have you ever come across Dion Dublin? You know, he's, he's quite a musician. He's, very he's got the doob, isn't he? The doob, yeah, yeah. yeah. Is Brilliant. that kind of thing you're in? Yeah, it? I like that. I like that. I don't play any musical instruments. I mean, I don't understand it at all. You just feel the rhythm. Yeah, I think there is some rhythm in me, how that, where that's come about. <laughs> you, you wouldn't judge me for watching it at West Ham. But... <laughs> Don't judge yeah. a book by its cover. No. Yeah. So when you're at Luton, mm. we'll start at Luton. Yeah. Which was, it was probably the greatest Luton team oh. there's ever been. Yeah, I mean, I, I just signed after they won the uh, Littlewoods Cup, I think it was. Came into a dressing room full of top players. David Priest, God bless him, is no longer with us. Steve Foster, Mal Donachey, Mick Harford, probably one of the best big centre forwards we've ever had. And so, amazing to me. You know, yeah. I, was, I was 23, don't forget, so I wasn't a kid. I signed in the, on the Thursday, trained on the Saturday. I had a apps. I mean, it's not for me to say because like, I had a, I had a brilliant training session. It was in, I couldn't miss. <laughs> anyway, so that's yeah. true. And I don't I would never say that. I was. I yeah. mean, it's not naturally me to say that. But I did have a brilliant training session. I'd come from not being able to miss at non-league. Yeah. Anyway, I'm, I'm sub on the Saturday. We beat Southampton seven-one. Seven-one. I done put me on. <laughs> he done put on sub. So I play in the midweek. I score, we get hammered 4-1 in the Simod Cup at Palace yeah, yeah. against Brighton, Wright and all them. And, and when I come off, Steve Foster, the captain, who's a great friend of mine now, I'm putting my boots around my bag. He said, don't be taking your boots out of fucking that bag, son. You're going straight back to non-league. Really? Yeah, it was a test. So on Thursday, yeah. not I didn't know it was a test, yeah. but on Thursday when we get in the training, first thing I do when he gets the ball is I let him clear it and wallop him. <laughs> <laughs> and, and he says, you might do well here. That is, it's what wow. it was. I don't understand that. Yeah. I don't understand. Be, they want to see if you've got about anything about you. I'm it... such a snowflake when I hear I'm such I'm, a kind I'm of just, soft... I would just be spending that transition thinking, he's so mean. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? I think you can do that. You'd be able to do that now. Mm. Yeah. Then you couldn't. I mean, they'd just run over you. Yeah. yeah. If you had no... Do you know what? It sounds bizarre. I pride myself I'm really trying to train hard, you know, mm. when I've trained. When I went into the dressing room, there's a bottle of whiskey and eight glasses around the outside. And six <laughs> yeah. or seven of the lads have, shh, boom, before they go out and out. Wow. wow. 
have a shot. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. Yeah. Yeah. Now, yeah. now they have, they have their umbrellas and whatever. Yeah. <laughs> a little apple sours. <laughs> yeah, they're good. Yeah. So There's someone who's had an apple sour. Yeah. Did you ever have a shot? No, I mean, from? many people thought I'd had several shots with the way, <laughs> with the way, with the way I played, but um, no, that wasn't me. I mean, I never really tried, I'd never yeah. really have a drink ever before. Yeah, I might have a glass of wine with my wife on Wednesday and then. Don't get me wrong, Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday was, were big days then. <laughs> they were, they were just yeah. what it was. Yeah. Luton was the drinking school on, on Tuesday afternoon was the Tuesday club. If we can touch on just before Luton. So you came from Hendon, where yeah, you scored did, yeah. 47 goals in 87 games. Yeah. That's an incredible record. Yeah. Um, you must have been smashing them in all the time. Weren't you like, well, obviously I should be in the top division. Do you know what's interesting? I was the top played player by that time hmm. and I had to give 50% of my fee went into a pot that the lads just put behind the bar. So, yeah, I mean, I, don't forget, I was earning quite a bit of money. Yeah. Half of it was going straight to the lad who was probably on nothing. But what, your actually, fee was being... Everyone, every single one had, had to do that. Half your money went into a pot behind the bar to have a few beers <laughs> wow. after the game. Wow. Chelsea, Doncaster, Sheffield United and Luton who wanted to sign me. It was a case of what did I do? Harry Bassett offered me less than I was being paid at work. Um, <laughs> because you had a job, right? Yeah, you were, I was, you, I was you, a missile engineer. Yeah, you were making missile, missile engineer. Yeah, yeah. What does that mean? I did engineering and did a master's yeah, in mechanical. Yeah. So that was what I, I stumbled into. I had a, they sort of sponsored me to go through uni, which was nice. And then I came in. I was environmental engineer. So that was, for example, when you go to Iraq or wherever on the tornado, there'd be missiles hanging from the tornado. Okay, what I'd have to do is test that that during that flight, not going to drop off, or bits in the missile are going to break loose. So, I'd so Steve Foster after that isn't that scary. <laughs> no, but, no, but I had to replicate what could happen to that missile during air flight, freezing cold weather, rain, bump landings. So oh, we had wow. to re- replicate what the journey yeah. of the missile yeah, would yeah, take, yeah, make yeah. sure it worked. So what do you do? Challenge it for a header? <laughs> well, yeah, I don't remember that. Yeah. So after Luton, West Ham. Hmm. You were a boyhood West Ham fan? Yeah. Absolutely That's, died in the wall, boy. Really? Yeah. So I've been, I love that. I've been locked out many times. I believe we've moved on to West Ham already. <laughs> we've got, <laughs> I mean, we got two spells to get through, so you know, you buckle know, up. You know when you get you go there and you know, you've been locked out on a boxing day trying to watch a Spurs game. You know, that's what it was. And you stood yeah. in North Bank with your dad and blah, blah, blah. And it, you know, they didn't go a lot because we lived in Hatfield. But um, we went quite a bit. And then you, you're playing for your club. And I love Billy Bonds and... Yeah, yeah, it's some good people under him, you know, Harry and, and Frank Lampard, you know, stalwarts of the game, Frank particularly for West Ham. And then you walk in there, you've got amazing young players in and around you, you want to be there, do okay. Yeah. And then in the summer, uh, well, Armageddon at South End, I think we had a friendly at South End or something. I'd hurt my ankle in training and he pulled me and said, um, Billy Bond just said, oh, I've sold you. I was absolutely. We got promoted. A hero. I was absolutely he got, he just devastated. Came up to you and said, "I've no, sold you." Well, I understand it now. In them days, you know, he had money issues. They had, they went down the following year. Actually, and do you have a say in whether you're being sold? No, I'd no say then. He just said you'll never play again. Well, what about, you, what about your negotiation with the clubs you're getting sold to? That didn't come into it. Then you just had to go. <laughs> That's exactly what happened. He said, you want to go? And listen, West Ham went down the following year we, at Southampton. He came up to him afterwards and said, listen, we had to do it because of no money. So looking back, I've got the ultimate respect because he had to come. You yeah. know, he told me exactly why he did it, but he couldn't tell me at the time. But So Billy Bonds are training. I've heard that like, you were obviously quite a physical player, yeah. but those those training ground games would be really physical. Like Julian Dix was probably on the scene then smashing around. Yeah. Did you ever get in a few fights with, with Billy Dixie? Bonds? No, I thought with Billy Bonds. I mean, Billy didn't play then, but I can say that... We had a lot of fit lads. I tried to keep up with, you know, in terms of long distance. And I remember Billy Bonds running backwards past us on a pre-season run. <laughs> he was that fit. He was so fit. So he fit. retired at 40, didn't he? Incredibly fit. Yeah, so what's your kind of, when you come back from pre-season back in those days, yeah. it's just go for long, long runs. Is well, they just, the... yeah, absolutely thrashed you. Really? So I, don't, I don't think it's... And where would you run? Just around kind we'd, of... We'd run... Yeah, we'd run Haynock Forest and all them places. <laughs> you know what I mean? Seeing that scene. The is the lads. The lads. The lads were trying to get a route that you could get rid of a boozer and come back later. And someone would take it's dashed, dashed in your shorts. But <laughs> um, so you get sold in 1991. You go to Southampton, yeah. with the club that turned you down when you were 16. So was it? How did you feel going back there? When no, no. I, it was, I mean, Ian Bramford was very good for me. He was getting pelters at the club. I really felt for him. Um, strong man. Walked down that touchline with abuse. That I, I'm not sure I could have taken when I was a manager. Um, but he took it on the chin. Was very good with me. And I had a difficult start. But ended up scoring some important goals later on that sort of turned it around a bit. So he left his out initially to get him fit. 
and then you, I was playing alongside him. He's made my bad headers look good. I mean, he's, <laughs> he's, he's probably technically the best striker of football I've ever seen. Naturally, just can do it. Were um, you there with Shearer and yeah. Letizia? Yeah. Who was the better player? Well, different then. I mean, Letizia was a little bit older, so, mm. um, I mean, Alan's gone on to be amazing. I mean, I, I, I think I think if, if Tiz had moved, he could have been anything, I think. Yeah. I'm sure he doesn't regret mo- not moving. I mean, he's done incredible things with goals. He, he, he just... was the most naturally talented English player, I think, of my lifetime, Matt mm. Letizia. Yeah, I wouldn't dispute that. He, he used to do this thing that he'd come out and people would talk about he wasn't fit. He was fit. He said he had two sausage egg McMuffins. Yeah, he may have that, but he still was fit. He was a good athlete, <laughs> yeah. to be fair. People had that then. <laughs> Listen, when, when, Ray, when Razor was there, that was just a snack. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, you know, he'd come out, he'd throw a ball in the air and it bounced on the halfway line. Everyone had been out there stretching. He wouldn't do all that stretching. And the ball would bounce and he'd say, where do you want it? And the lads would say, crossbar. From the halfway line, remember, he'd half folly it. Seven or eight out of ten, he'd hit the crossbar. Unbelievable. Wow. Now, what I'm saying is regularly, it wouldn't. Uh, yeah. that's not a one-off. Maybe I'm exaggerating a bit. But at least ten times out of twenty, he'd hit the bar. But he had that belief. He, he, yeah. He'd go for and go. He didn't care if he missed. Yeah. I run through thinking, bloody, just hit the target. <laughs> he's, he's thinking, I want to put it right in the top corner and make him look a mug. Because yeah. yeah. he, he had that ability. Yeah. And do you know what? That confidence is something that I think as a manager... I never had it really as a player, but when I, I've gave players that yeah. as a manager, mm-hmm. Andy Johnson, I've got that confidence in him, what, what he could do. Were you there the day that Alan Ball allegedly lined the team up and said to everyone, just pass the ball to Latisse. <laughs> this is the only way we're getting out of this. Well, I've, I've been in the dressing room when, he, when he's actually said that. So he, doesn't, <laughs> he, doesn't, he, doesn't, he doesn't say the same thing. It was a pre-season. He's actually said, said oh, you must suffer that so he can thrive. And we, we had some... <laughs> We had some big characters. Terry yeah. Erlock, he wasn't having that. So, <laughs> so and, he, and he'd have been on the pot the day before, so he, he popped out. But, yeah, you know, we, we had some big, big characters in the dressing room. I mean, massive characters at Southampton. It, it was just a fantastic time. Was there any time. resentment towards Letitia? No, not no. one. And, you know, to be fair, it, Alan's gone on and achieved great things. I mean, until I went with him in Newcastle as, as coach, I didn't realise why he went there. I understand why he went there now, because... In a heartbeat, if, if they were in the top four or five, they'd get 75,000 if they could. It's the epicentre of the town. Everyone loves football. And it, the, the atmosphere, it was. I've never experienced anything like that, ever. And I've played in Seville in Spain, when it's amazing. That was the best atmosphere I've ever experienced. Wow. What about, what was the atmosphere like at Kenilworth Road? Yeah, good, good. <laughs> good, we had, listen, we had, when, when... When you had the plastic pitch. Yeah, perfect. What was that like? Well... Bernie. <laughs> <laughs> He's covered in sand. If you fell on it, it ripped you to shreds. So were other teams like scared of playing oh, on the pad? We, uh, we, we beat, I think that the season, second season I was there when I well, played most games, I came back from Lone Fulham. I think we beat Arsenal there. We beat Liverpool. who were the best teams at the time. Yeah. So, yeah, we regularly beat the best teams there because we were used to it and it was an advantage. You can't dispute that. But it, yeah. great for me because I came from non-league. I had to get used to the the speed of the pitch and Mick Harford, who was the same size as me, but his feet were gifted, you know, I had to try and <laughs> fill his shoes. Impossible, really. But, um, we had <laughs> so to... what's it like? Is it just bouncier and it fast? Ba- bouncier, yeah. Uh, it's also, if you fall on it, you know, many people have were... third degree burns and all that and you get infections. <laughs> Funny enough, I, I played, so I was for West Ham from Luton. We had, we played Oldham away. Oh, yeah, we, we, won, we went there. Anyway, on the pitch there, I fell over a couple of times and got massive burns on my legs. Massive three third degree burns. So when I came back from my home debut against Barnsley, I was wearing them Vulcan shorts, you know, the big pair of pants. Now, <laughs> with all due respect, it's not the greatest look in the world. <laughs> but I'm having the shocker of all shockers. <laughs> so I look up and my dad, who's my who's no longer here, but I'm my biggest admirer, he's going at me. <laughs> now, now I know when he's doing that, I'm having a shocker. So I somehow, last half time, I really should be taking off I was that bad. Billy's thinking what he's bought here. Anyway, <laughs> would you believe it? Martin Allen crosses the ball. It spins off the shoulder. I go ahead it. I'm playing that bad. I head it. It hits my shoulder, loops off my shoulder, goes right in the top corner. It's the goal that got us promoted. We, we, we yeah, beat yeah, Barnsley yeah, yeah. 3-2. Massive get-out-of-jail card. I was hopeless. Absolutely <laughs> hopeless. Hopeless. What was it, the pressure? No, just I, I couldn't run. I was feeling, oh, just, uh, feeling <laughs> terrible. I had these big Vulcan shorts on. I, was, I had third degree burns. I felt, uh, and, and my touch, which was never really silky, was even worse than it ever was. <laughs> so, um, we were meant to win the league that day, weren't we? But we, were. we kind of. But wasn't there champagne in the dressing room and everything was ready? And then uh, the Oldham result went against us and we yeah, ended you, up it, not winning. The... Yeah, but I think the champagne was. Yeah, in them days, didn't it, just, it didn't matter. You, you went out. <laughs> 
just, just forgot that. No, even, I think even Barnsley, man, they, 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 they were they were struggling at the time. I think that we passed a, half a case to them at the time. <laughs> <laughs> so you ended up going um, after Southampton. You went to Palace, yeah, and suffered. I think your first releg- yeah. relegation. Mm. Not a happy time at Southampton. No, well, I mean they signed me and Ray Houghton late on the. I, I think I got there February or something at the time. And I remember Chris Coleman saying to me about time when I walked in the dressing room. We, I, it went very well for me, but we end up we just couldn't do enough. I mean, it, uh, in terms of goals I scored, it went all right. But it's, if you get a relegation, and th- that squad should never been relegated. You think about yeah, Southgate, good, good team, yeah, God, Chris Armstrong, Chris Coleman. Martin, yeah. some great players. I mean, yeah. some so really how good does players. that happen when you've got a team that's got that? Don't know. I think it, it just you get on that run, you go. Then don't we? We signed me and Ray Houghton signed, so that was sort of a, you know, if you like, we had a decent team. We got to semi, we got the quarter final of the cup. Yeah, yes, good semi final of the cup. And got beat. Oh, one yeah. of the fans died in the first leg. It's Man United drew two all, and we got beaten in the second leg two 0 Anyway, you, we end up going down. What can you do? You can't. Yeah. It's what it is. Was there any danger of you sticking around? Or like, yeah, well, I yeah. played the first game. Yeah, yeah. I scored twice. We got beat 3-2 at home to Luton. And then they sold me. Yeah, so, back to West Ham. So Harry Redknapp calls you up. Ian, yeah. I need you building some missiles over here, Upton. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 That is I think I've had a exp- few explosions off my shins when the ball Or when I try and control the ball, it keeps going away. But yeah, so it was just... Harry Redknapp must be an exciting manager. To... He's, he's, he, do you know what he was great at? He just doesn't get the credit because he's a very good coach, Harry. Yeah. You know, very good coach. Doesn't do all of it all the time, but he's very, very good when he's talking to you. And he was very good at managing players. You know, that's, yeah. that's how he did it. And he, he knew he had a strong... We had a strong group, and the following following he in season, quite a lot two. of kind of dodgy imports. Florin so. Radachoyu, Ili Dumitrescu, Paolo Futre. What player he was, Paolo? Yeah. So, Paolo. What do you know the story about that? I mean, no. it's a but, great. You know, must know the story about uh, Paolo Futre. About his number, the number, yeah. the squad number. Right, it's wow. a brilliant story. We turn about Arsenal first game of the season, and John Moncur, I think it's number fourteen. Six to sixteen. Is it sixteen? Yeah. Is that right? Yeah, I, so. I can't remember. I thought it was fourteen. You sure? <laughs> no, it might be. Anyway, <laughs> anyway, it, we won't. But, but if, if, well, anyway, it's his. It's his number. He's always played in. Yeah. So he turn up and he's in the team. He sees his number ten or something. It is yeah, yeah. And so he says, "I cannot play. It's not my number." What? <sighs> so this discussion going. It's incredible. In, in the end, he, he, he packs and just goes home. No, like John Moncur. He was very clever because he said to him, "You can have my seat." Just and so he gave him three weeks in his villa in Portugal yes. for, for changing his number. <laughs> so I think it might so be two did or three he play weeks. The game? No, he didn't play the game. Yeah. He went home. What? Got a taxi. Just because it was the wrong number? Yeah. That is insane. Yeah. What did Harry Redknapp no, do? No, what could Harry do? It's difficult. Do you know what's great about Harry? I know a lot of other men really reacted badly, but Paolo was a good player. I mean, he didn't play enough for us. He, he retired, didn't he? Yeah. Like, after a few months. He did, yeah. But Harry just didn't didn't let him affect him. He was good at that. Yeah. You know? And were the other players annoyed at him? Or just found it funny? They, they couldn't... You were shocked. I mean, you're Arsenal. You've got every chance <laughs> you're going to get hammered. Anyway, at the time. But it, it was something... He, he, Passionately believing, he yeah. actually thought that his agent had sorted it out. It hadn't been sorted out, and it didn't matter. Now, we had a lad called John Harks, remember him? Yeah, John, John Harks is amazing. Could do any sort of imitation voice. He could do, you know, um, jo- uh, Carey, um, Jim Carey. He could do Florin. Uh, he could do Dimi Dimitrescu. Really? So he did that. Brilliant. So, you know, it, it, it was it was it was good what, fun. What a range! Jim Carrey, <laughs> Dimitrescu. Yeah, no, but he, he, could, he, he had that he had that ability. Yeah, he, used yeah, yeah. Do, he used to do brilliant. You know. Um, the Godfather as well, incredible Godfather. <laughs> John yeah, he's, he's, he's brilliant. Have you ever seen him? He's a funny man, John. Yeah, yeah. we should get him on to. He's, yeah, he's a great lad. He's living <laughs> over there now. So. Tottenham away, and I'm playing up front with Danny, who is D- 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 Portuguese. Portuguese Danny, yes. who is yeah. very attractive young man. So you're a very attractive young man. I think he's got the Daily Star. I think he's invited to every party. Daily Star, and he's involved with a load of the, the girls that work for the Daily Star. So anyway, we play in the game. I flick the ball, and he scores. 1-0. So I think he gets man of the match. We're talking about after the game and he comes in and the lad says, you know, Ian, how's it? Blah, blah, blah. Ask Danny, who doesn't speak a lot of English, so they've come to me chatting away. And he says, well, you know, how is it important for Danny to get, you know, a goal? I said, it's very, very important, but more important, it's about time West Ham had the best looking centre forward partnership in the country. <laughs> so I think at time, I think Harry finally gave up the ghost on him when he had a, I think maybe a cab driver told him that he had a party at his house and it didn't finish till five in the morning. There was numerous girls and drink involved. So I think that Harry then pulled him and said, this is not going to quite work. But I thought he had great potential. I don't know what he went on to do. I think he's back in Portugal now, but he could have been a talent. I think, well, why am we in the song? The rest is just just wasted. Harry Redknapp said, uh, he's so good looking, I don't know whether to play him or fuck him. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, well, that's fair. That's fair comment. (laughs) 
I said that to me a few times, <laughs> but not in that way. <laughs> um, so some homegrown English characters as well, and I say character, John Moncur. Everyone's got a good John Moncur story. I wanted to ask you about his nickname, Maggot. Can you can you illuminate the guys on how he... I think I can have a guess myself. <laughs> Would I be right? So I go to play golf with John. So I'm on there, him and his dad's there. Uh, me and I think it might have been John Hartson, maybe he's one of his brothers. Anyway, so he's, he's all three of us waiting on the tee and Johnny comes, John's got his bag on, he comes round the corner with his shorts around his ankles and he's got no underwear on, or he's got, he's, he's, you know, he's, so he's naked yeah. from the waist down and he's gone to his dad, what the bloody hell is this, Dad? <laughs> he said, I blame, I blame you for the maggot. <laughs> pull, pull his trousers up, zips his belt up and smashes a drive straight down the middle. <laughs> So that that's the maggot, and that sums John Moncur up generally. No, he's a brilliant. I'll tell you what, a really good, technically one of the best players I've played with. Yeah. Nasty little piece of work in the tackle. <laughs> yeah, in the tackle for a size of him, no, he could get rattled in. He was he was great fun, Johnny. I mean, him were big friends and still are. So um, we can't talk about this second spell at West Ham without Stockport away. No, we can't. <laughs> well, do I, you know what? It's the only I know ground, you've been only, asked about this. It's so the only ground times. in the country where I get a standing ovation. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? The, no one knows. Well, maybe yeah. they do know. I broke my leg in that game. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, we should say as well if people that don't know what we're talking about, you scored a, an own goal. I did was, an own goal. It was quite possibly one of the most spectacular finishes. I mean, Ludo should say this. Where <laughs> <laughs> if I look back, what was I thinking? I don't know. It's just running. It comes out of the sky. Probably have gone a long way without getting a goal. Yeah. Probably desperately need one. So we're on a run of not scoring yeah. at this point. Yeah. Ugh. I wasn't trying to score. Just so you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's just an error. But, but you know, it's one of them things. And you were playing play in that game because Florin Radichoy. You. I believe so, yeah. Didn't want to play. Yeah, I, I mean, I played most of the game. Harry, was, I think, said he was going to give me a rest and then said, will you pass it? Of course. And Radichoy didn't want to play because it was he was shopping. Yeah, was Harvey shopping. Nichols. It was Harvey Nichols, yeah. <laughs> but were you like, when Florian Radichoy goes, I'm I'm off shopping, hey, the, the lad's like, do you know that? You, don't you show your no, face? I, I, we knew afterwards. My view is, you can't believe that that day, the shock that must be for him to come to a culture where no one really speaks his language, no one even yeah. attempt. He's got no, he, he, apart from his wife at home, it must be very difficult that, you know, now, Oh, there's yeah. liaison officers and interpreters, and rightly so. Yeah. You know, how many English players have gone to abroad and been a massive success? You know, it's the same yeah, thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. It, it, we, we, we've really got very much better at that. So no one really blamed because he was, he was technically... I mean, he was technically very good. I thought he'd score goals. He, he didn't, and so... So they bought Hartson and Kitson yeah. at the same time, more yeah. or less, to try and... And they did save from relegation. Yeah, 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 yeah. When there's... Um, Players brought in that play in your position. How is it awkward between you? Is there any kind of no? I got. On, I mean, I got on famously with yeah. uh, Johnny Hartson. He lived the same area. We used to travel together. Yeah, it's still competitive. You know, yeah. Every game you knock on the door and say, "Well, I'm not playing." It's what it is. You've got to get on with it. I mean, I yeah. didn't want to sit around. So eventually, you know, unless you start playing, you're going to move on. That's just. Yeah. You know, I didn't want to sit there and do nothing. Yeah. But well, you, you know, well, I suppose at my stage. You're not Carlo Cudicini. <laughs> no, <laughs> no. I was thirty, getting thirty, sort of thirty-one. Then obviously Ray, Ray come and took me to, to QPR. So he got you down to QPR after yeah. West Ham and instantly converted. You said you're you're a coach. Now. Yeah, he did. Yeah, yeah. First day, did, really. First, first day, day, walked in the building. Was it? He said, but he said, come here. You can take the forwards. What? Do you, do you think he looked at your CV, saw that engineering degree, and went, "Hello." <laughs> I don't know what he did really, but um, you know, I had a lot of time for him. He'd obviously don't forget he'd signed me for Luton, so it was a bit of. A, Come back, um, and he'd seen some. Well, I'd seen something in me, and then unfortunately for Ray, he got the sack, and that's a terrible to say because that Ray was. I've learned an awful lot. Mm. But Jerry come in, Jerry Francis, and I learned so much from him too. So mm. two very good coaches that you learn so much in a young career. I mean, we had Terra Tuesdays there. What's Terra Tuesdays? Oh, Terra Tuesday is. It's what's <laughs> like. It's like it's like you being on stage with the. Five worst audiences in the world consecutively. <laughs> <laughs> That's all I can say. You know, so some people who really hate you as a co comic <laughs> consecutively. It's, it's just Armageddon. Well, we, I can tell you this is a true story. In a winter's day in February, we had Tuesday, it was running. So, you know, you either did these short runs or the long runs, which is the killer. Under clock, you had to be there. 15 started, three of us finished. No. The 12 runs. So everyone either got injured, yeah, 12 dead. <laughs> and, and, and to be fair, the, the, one of the lads on the last one, on the 12th run, fell, I fell over the line, was sick everywhere. So oh it was God. brutally oh, wow. hard. Were you one of the three that finished? I was one of the three, a, bit, oh, a little well, bit well. behind Kevin Gallon and um, uh, Danny Maddox, who was yeah, probably wow. the best of them. Who was, so, was the first one to quit? 
I think Richard Langley was was first equipped because he was sick. <laughs> the first run, I think, was a box-to-box halfway line, box-to-box halfway oh, line, which is, which is the hardest one. Yes, oh, the double-double. I remember. Double-double. It's a double-double. So it's a killer. So box-to-box halfway line, box-to-box yeah, box, halfway line. You've got to do it in one line. minute 34 or something. Oh, my God. And if you know it, you've got to do it again. Oh, Oh, my God. I remember that from football training. Horrible. Um, Let's talk a little bit about your international career. So we had Ellis James on uh, earlier this series. He was talking about the Bobby Gould era for Wales, and it seemed like it was a little bit of a shambles. They advertised in the the local newspaper for the national manager at one point. Um, Northern Ireland and Wales, similar, I imagine, kind of set up around that time. Yeah, but Billy was... What was it like? Well, Billy, I turned up with Billy Bingham, who was very, very good with me. But I had this unique thing where you'd, and this is, you sound bizarre, but this is absolutely true. On a Friday before the game, he'd come out and he'd walk around, walk around the pitch to, and grab you and say, and tell you what you're doing and doing. But the lads, so the pitch would be here and he'd walk here and the lads would walk to this corner. And he'd, as he's walking along, they'd walk to another corner. This would go on for 20 minutes. <laughs> what, they're, so they're walking around avoiding the pitch it. like, avoiding yeah, him at the other end. end. Yeah, yeah, but because it's funny. This is the country. No, yeah, it's <laughs> Anyway, he then says in the first time, so he ends up calling yeah. me, I think. So I go over and he says, his exact words, I'm, I'm playing, we're, we're Malta away, I think is one of the yeah. first guy. I go away with this one. I'm the 17th man. I, I didn't know that. It's very much a six-pointer for Northern Ireland. Yeah, yeah well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but, well, in Valletta. But um, and this is exact words he says to me. He says, um, congratulations, you're 17th man, you can sunbathe this afternoon. And, that was, and he, he just smiled and walked off. That was it. You can sunbathe? Yeah, because I did, because I was a 17 man, didn't, so I didn't get changed. I was only 16 then. So he said, you can sunbathe this afternoon. <laughs> so you so back to the hotel. Then the following game, he said to me, oh, congratulations, you're 17th man, you can wear your big coat this afternoon, it's a cold night. <laughs> and, and in the end, you, you know, and I got on great with Billy, he was, he was yeah. amazing for me, and then sure enough, I was in the team, but, and we still did the same thing for three, three, three years while he was there, you'd follow him around the pitch. <laughs> And, even, and then when I sort of became more senior, I was saying, yeah, come on, let's do it. It's, it was stu- <laughs> the stupidity of the childishness of it. Did he care? No, I think he, he, he just loved, went, he just went he along with it. He loved the thrill of the chase. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> you know what he used to do? He said, we have dinner on a Friday night, Billy. It was brilliant. And he used to say, the girl would say, well, can you have anything to drink, Mr. Bingham? And he'd say, yeah, can I have a bottle of Budweiser? Every time, the girl would walk away with his order and you'd wait just as she get, excuse me, chilled. He'd say that to her every time. <laughs> And you know what, it became an annoyance for me because why did he, he tell her at the time? Can't you just say, can I have a cold? <laughs> Budweiser, but you know, that was, I mean, he was a lovely man. Yeah. And what was the closest to Northern Ireland that you got? Well, we got, to... I played, well, you were I missed a ch- yeah, I missed a chance in the game against Latvia, I think at home, we, 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 we missed out on it, and then we had the playoffs where we got beaten by the Republic. So, oh. but anyway, I mean, we were, we, we had some fascinating when we, Amazing places we've been. There's some trips you had. Thailand. What, what was the training grounds like? When Rubbish. You were going? We, <laughs> we trained. In, we trained in Malusk. Laurie Menevy came as manager, and amazing. Laurie's a big, big man, and it's not yeah, criticism yeah. of him. So it was the windiest place in the world as well to train. And we, our kit was unbreak with baggy, baggy stuff at the time, and it was really baggy. And, and he was a big man, Laurie, and we were warming up, stretching, and it was one of them unbelievably windy days. And he was walking towards us. One of the lads in the crowd said, here come the Belgians. And you remember for it's a knockout? Yeah. Then when you got... That, it was, it, he was getting buffered by the wind. It's probably one of the funniest comments. I mean, for me, it just tickled me. He never said it. Um, Laurie McMenemy, Paul Merson told us he had a little catchphrase when he was England assistant, which was, do what you do for your clubs. Yeah. He, did you he, ever hear that? Yeah, I did say that. Yeah, yeah, do what you do for your clubs. Yeah, I, I, I can remember him saying that. I, remember him say, I actually remember him saying as well, uh, he said before the game, he said, if you're any trouble, kick it in the River Tain. Well, it's a river lagging in Belfast. I didn't want to, excuse me, can I collect it? <laughs> didn't think that was probably my place at the time. That's clever Dowie with his degree yeah. again. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I mean not me, in fact, but he was, he was you know, he, he wasn't there that long, but he had a good relationship with all players. So the highlight, you, I think you said, of your, your playing career, Jack Charlton said you were man of the match when Northern Ireland drew with Ireland yeah. won all. You... I was the first... Olsterman to score at Lansdowne Road. So, in terms of moments, I, I captained Northern Ireland twelve times, and my, my dad was my hero really. And the tragic lost him, as I say, in nineteen ninety-seven. And I looked up and he had tears in his eyes. And it, you know, I, now I look at that, I'm, I, I've, I've been to see my son graduate, and it's the same feeling for me. So I understand where it is. Um, when you're at the ground and you've got people there, yeah. How aware are Because when I do a gig and I've got people... I don't like people I know being there. No. Because I'm just thinking about... Like, are you aware... That to, be aware... Fair, to be fair, 
Josh, you're probably performing bigger numbers than Northern Ireland did. <laughs> <laughs> no, but, it's, but it is less funny. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But in general, you never know. You never think about them during the game. No, but no, no. I, I wouldn't, that wouldn't worry me, anyone coming to the game. Um, and then finally... Well, we've got a feature on this podcast called the Phil Thompson Directory. Ken yeah. Monku. Someone said to us that he's, uh, he's running a pancake factory in... in in Holland, or a pancake shop. place, pancake shop. I don't shop. know really? such a thing as a pancake factory. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say as I said it, I realised that doesn't make sense. Yeah, no, well, I, got... I'm not, listen, I'm not sure Ken's running a pancake. I spoke to him a couple of months ago. I don't. I don't. Oh, well, listen, oh. and to be fair, although he did play crepe sometimes, I'm not sure. <laughs> 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 I'm here all week. Uh, Got to say, that wouldn't seem to me to be a logical fit with Kenny because he was a he was supreme athlete. Joey's the first lad to wear short sleeve shirts, put vaseline in the bottom of his arms so you couldn't grab him. Really? Oh, wow. Very good idea, actually, what? when you think about it. So if you, and when you do, you set it forward, you grab someone. Yeah. He wore a short-sleeved shirt. I mean, you don't touch him? And it, no, he just slipped off him. Oh, really? And it, oh, it, it wow. was a sizable beast. I mean, he's 6'3". Yeah. He was powerful. Yeah. Well, yeah. maybe rub a bit of dog poo on yourself. <laughs> <laughs> no, well, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so on that note, Phil Thompson directly, someone, a couple of people emailed in and said, no, you're doing house surveys. Well, is that, I do, is that, is that, it's is, true. What is, what is this? Is it well, true? It's, it's true. It's, it's, we work for go-to surveys. We do go-to group. We do surveys, mortgages, and conveyancing. And I got in it, one, because the house ran over budget, yeah. and two, because <laughs> I hadn't got it back in, and I... You know, I do this all the time. So we've done, I think I've done about 60,000 miles on the road this year. How so, often do so, they go? To be sorry, sorry, I've, had, I've, had a couple, I've cut a frosty ones down in Charlton. So. <laughs> <laughs> we won't be doing Oh, thank you very much. I know the world. And anyhow, it's not in the way. Are they surprised uh, when you show up? Yeah, some are, some are. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I had a lad yesterday say, you look not like Ian Dowie. So it was fun. Yeah. <laughs> so, anyway, it, it's, it, listen, it's, you know, in a heartbeat, I'd, be, I'd like to be in football again, you know, so, but... Meanwhile, you've got to do what you've got to do, haven't you? Yeah, so. absolutely. Have we covered? That's great. That's a great ending. No, good. Yeah. Thank, thank you, you so absolutely. much. Pleasure. Yeah. I enjoyed thank it. You for doing and, it. No, yeah, brilliant. and thank you for your efforts for West Ham. No, this is very kind. Picked up again on the edge of the area by Bishop, who does well to get the cross in, and Ian Dowie scores for West Ham. There we go, gentlemen. Ian Dowie, Josh. I loved Ian Dowie. What he's a nice so, man. He's such a nice man, so isn't he? Nice. I was a little bit scared before that interview because obviously he's a sort of no-nonsense centre-forward. Yeah. And there was a part of me that was like, oh, God, this, this might go badly. But he was amazing. Yeah. Normally we don't talk at this point about what's gone on, but <laughs> we do need... We're, normally we're like, let's just skip to the end of the podcast and get it... Like, this bit's meant to be short. Yeah. But we do need to talk about the fact John Harks... <laughs> is an impressionist. <laughs> didn't, did three separate impressions I'd love yeah uh, which were The Godfather Jim Carrey Jim Carrey and Ely Dimitrescu (laughs) (laughs) I was thinking as well because he's American I'm obviously thinking about the guy from Police Academy the whole time he's telling that story (laughs) I I like the idea that John Harks goes through the rounds of um, Britain's Got Talent so first week he nails The Godfather (laughs) semi-finals he nails Jim Carrey in the final he's got he's got a full back on Illy Dimitrescu I mean he comes out in a 94 Spurs kit they're like oh what's, what's he got this week what's Hark's got this week yeah. I mean unless Carl's a massive Spurs fan yeah. he's in real trouble who's, who's this generic Romanian he's doing here yeah. it's Dimitrescu can you not tell brilliant Dimitrescu character <laughs> Which is the greatest revelation um, of any interview we've ever done. <laughs> yeah. And just say, what I like is because people who are in football is normal every day to them. So to Ian Dowie, the fact John Harks does those impressions is not interesting. That's right. yeah. That's... To us, that is exactly yeah. why I'm doing this job. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'd, I'd like to. I'm going to watch an interview with Illy Dumitrescu when I get home just to see whether he's got like quite Big... a quite a clear style. Word of warning: check it easily, Dumitrescu, because apparently these imp- John Hark's impression is so good that it's not clear <laughs> who's who. Um, shall we have some reviews? Before yes, we go? please. Here we go. So every week we read out reviews from iTunes that feature niche nineties footballers, and they appear in the. Can I just say before I forget, thank you to uh, James Gill who runs the amazing Always Be Comedy Night. He's he's now a comedian. He used to be the uh, the, the London paper 
journalist for Crystal Palace. So that's how we ended up with uh, Ian Dow. It's the best comedy night in London. There we go. Fact. Fact. They've got previews, June and July. John Harks is doing an hour this Saturday night. (laughs) (laughs) If he doesn't get John Harks in, then it's a real error of judgment. (laughs) So, reviews. Let's do some reviews. Every week we read out reviews you're leaving on iTunes that feature niche 90s footballers that make us laugh. Michael Pitts' favourite. They go into the opening titles next week. Here we go. Too hot to handle. Yours sincerely, Dimitri Karine. That's from (laughs) Mentio. That's a good one. We also had a show as good as my dad. Lots of love, Geordie Cruyff. And then lastly, we had... Absolutely loving this podcast. Despite being too young to enjoy 90s football itself, I have enjoyed learning all about the hilarious absurdities this particular era of football has had to offer. Javier Margas. <laughs> I wonder if you even remember, do you know who my Javier Margas is? No, I, well, no, is he a Spurs defender? No, he's West Ham defender. West Ham, but now what? he's married to Chilean royalty. Is he? <laughs> yeah, he is. Yeah. And he what, Ivan Zamorano? <laughs> runs a bunch of hotels. I, I, I think we should rule out Javier Margas because you will not find any well, commentary. Yeah, partly, and also this episode is already you've hijacked yeah, it and sorry. made it West Ham heavy I so apologize. I'm going to get rid of him uh, I would have gone Dimitri Karim but finding good commentary for a goalkeeper is an absolute nightmare and I'm not going to have a repetition of the Brian Gunn <laughs> yeah. five hour Brian YouTube Gun- <laughs> Brian Gunn the Brian Gunn hunt uh, yeah so I, as a Man United fan I'm going to go for Cruyff Cruyff, Cruyff. Oh, yeah. congratulations he's oh, in the, the last <laughs> oh, the last titles of the series uh, last week uh, was uh, the uh, the titles were Robson and Jerome <laughs> And I re-listened to it four times because I couldn't work out who was presenting Top of the Pops. Did and, you and work it, it out? Yeah, it was Leon Herring. Yes. It was Stuart Lee and Richard Herring presenting Top Really? Yeah. yeah. I recognised Richard Herring's voice. I was like, why do I recognise that voice? Why do I recognise that voice? <laughs> Stuart Lee and Richard Herring presented Top of the Pops. It's and John Robson and Jerome were number one. I mean, what kind of <laughs> alternate reality was the 90s? <laughs> if you haven't ever seen it, like it's a very funny sort of Trojan horse takedown of pop music. Richard, I mean, whoever put Lee and Herring in there is a mad genius but they're just every single link is a really cutting takedown <laughs> of whoever's That's coming incredible. up it's great oh, we should do a watch along on that <laughs> <laughs> um, thank you very much for listening thank you to Ian Dowry thank you to Always Be Comedy anything else Michael? Uh, yeah we should just say so the final episode of the series next <gasps> week is our first ever Night quickly, Kevin. Nineties football quiz. Yeah, so we're going yeah, out. We're, we are joined by friends of the show, Ellis James and Tom Crane. Uh, also, big announcement: we have been recommissioned for a second series. <laughs> Thank you. Yes, whoever did that. Yeah. Thank you. Um, and if you want to get in touch with the show, here's how you can do so: get in touch with the show. Email hello at quicklykevin.com. Follow us on Facebook and Twitter at quicklykevin. And sign up to the mailing list at quicklykevin.com. Yeah, that's it. That's it for this week. We're back next week for episode 12 of The Last of the Series. And I, we should say as well, this quiz, the production value for this series has been poured heavily into this last episode. <laughs> yeah. I'd say 80% of total yeah. effort for I'm the I'm looking forward series. to the round where we have to guess who John Hawks is being. <laughs> <laughs> Wonderful stuff. We'll see you next week for the end of Series 1. Goodbye. Bye. Bye. This episode is brought to you by State Farm. You might say all kinds of stuff when things go wrong, but these are the words you really need to remember. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there. They've got options to fit your unique insurance needs, meaning you can talk to your agent to choose the coverage you need, have coverage options to protect the things you value most, file a claim right on the State Farm mobile app, and even reach a real person when you need to talk to someone. Like a good neighbor, State Farm is there.